Good evening, listener, and welcome once again to the Slant Hallway. Today, we're taking adventure on one of my favorite things, trains. Yes, dear friends, I do love trains. One of the largest and most impressive things mankind has ever achieved. Imagine the Empire State Building, lied on its side, and then zooming along tracks at up to, I don't know, let's call it 40 miles an hour. Going from station to station, which is where we begin tonight's story. Good morning, young man. I'd like a ticket, please. Two? No, thank you. I'm traveling alone. Well, where is it that you're going? Don't get smart with me now, boy. That's none of your business. Which train would you like, I mean? Oh, I suppose I'll just have one of the dark chocolate Corpe Louvet locomotives, thank you. Why don't you also get me one ticket for Destination Station in Constantinople while you're at it? I need to be there by sundown for my dear granddaughter's first and only quinceanera. Sure thing. I'll also need you to sign a liability waiver. People don't realize, but trains are a mighty dangerous form of transportation. What with all the mechanical issues and the robberies and whatnot. Could I grab your Hancock? I don't have one, but I'm happy to sign. Wait a second. Hot dog! You're famous! That's You're right. Hercules Montague! Hercules McGillicuddy Montague. World-famous detective and undeniably the most popular castrato singer of our time. Wow, yes, I have your whole songbook. On Tuesday Eve, a eunuch knocks and other odes for coops without cogs? Oh, I absolutely adore the If I Adopt an A.A. Long Cantata. A favorite of fathers and sons. I'll tell you what, Mr. Montague. We don't actually have any room on any of the trains going where you need to go by the time you want to get there. But just because you're famous and because I'm a real bootlicker, I think I'll make something work. Hmm, okay, right here. I can just kick off this orphan and give you his seat on the caboose. Ah, yes. What is he traveling for, anywho? Last-minute kidney transplant. Well, he can do that anywhere. My thoughts exactly. Anyway, you'll be taking the Mystery Express, I should warn you. It'll be a tight squeeze among the cast of very colorful and perhaps suspect characters who will certainly test your mettle to its limits. The overbearing amount of passengers and staff may also mean we run out of complimentary peanut packages fairly early on. A severe lack of peanuts is a tall order, my kind friend. But I'll tough it out. As I always say, a ride without nuts is a ride nevertheless worth taking. Have a pleasant trip. I sure hope it isn't your last. Well, that was oddly foreboding. No, no, I, I say that to everyone. Never know who's going to die and when. All right, okay. I don't have time for this. I have a quinceanera to catch and a train to attend. Pardon, excuse me, sorry. Get, get your feet out of the aisle, you clod. Aha, B12. The once seat of an orphan. Oh, but hello? A compatriot? What's all this monkey business about? Oh, hello there, chap. No business at all. These charts are just an outline for my thesis comparing the tastiness of fleas on the backs of various great apes. Professor Gibbon Fitzsimmons, Esquire and Primatologist. Pleasure to make your acquaintance, Mr... Hercules Montague. 
the castrato figure. And world famous detective also. Why, yes, I've heard of both you and of you. Please sit down. Uh, no, thank you. I prefer to stand. Pardon me. I don't mean to eavesdrop, but being blind over here and is kind of my thing. Did you say you're Hercules Montague, the famous castrato singer? Uh, yes, but remember, the fact that I'm a detective is far more important to the plot, no matter how little it's mentioned by anyone other than myself. I thought I recognized your voice. After I lost my eyesight in the French countryside in a bake-off with the devil, it was the sweet sound of your higher-than-falsetto that kept me company in the darkness of my waking days. Oh, I totally understand you. I actually go completely blind myself when whenever I close my eyes. It's a travesty! Many a moon I wish I had eyesight. Perhaps then I would finally know what it feels like to be insecure about my looks, those given and received. But alas, I am riddled with confidence. You know, Mr. Montague, you're a real hero in my household. It's actually solely because of you that, as a family, we have made the collective decision to remove our firstborn son's capacity to acquire a low vocal register in adulthood. Oh, I don't know what to say. I do, I do love train rides. The setting is very clear to me, thanks to all this carefully made foley. Not like a quiet park where you don't have any indication of a place at all. Like a puttering engine, roaring wheels, or the ambient warble of fellow passengers. People, people, not to interrupt, but I will. Does anybody see the attendant? It's almost been a full half of the hour, and my ticket is begging to be stamped. No, no attendant. But who's that peculiar fellow? Not dressed in vague, unassuming colors like the rest of the passengers who are implied, but who will never hear speak. Pardon, being rather a short ape man, I can't see over the seat in front of me. The man with the pit helmet and hunting rifle leaning ever so casually by the cooler at the end of the car. Oh, him, yes. That's Safari Sam. Quiet, contemplative chap. To be honest, I can't quite tell what his game is. Bison, likely? Elk? Nothing for you to worry about. Oh, I don't know. When we spoke earlier, he made a big fuss about me being a monkey man. Said it was a ludicrous proposition. Being a professor is nothing to be ashamed of. Say, Gibbon, what's a man like Safari Sam going to Constantinople for? Constantinople? I'm pretty sure that's what I said. I hear you loud and clear, sir. But we aren't headed to Constantinople. What? But the Quinceanera... I can't miss another one. Gibbon, where are we headed and where for? Istanbul. I have no idea where that is. The lights, they're out! Now, how in the world do you know that? The <laughs> gasp! Hercules, look! Somebody's accidentally fired a gun at the chandelier that was precariously balanced above Babette the Blind's head, which, it appears, once unlatched from its opulent chain, collapsed upon her and killed her more instantly than even a bullet could have. What happened? I'll tell you what happened, Gibbon. A murder. It couldn't be. I'm afraid it both could and be. But a chandelier falling on a blind woman seems like an ordinary run-of-the-mill sort of an accident. E even with a gun involved. It does indeed. But the only accident here, Gibbon, is that this chandelier fell on the poor woman when it should have fallen on me. Igads! Let me explain. 
Before the lights turned off, knowing the blind woman couldn't see me, I leaned in to sniff her hair and figure out if she was using the same shampoo and conditioner combination I used. It was the first great mystery that faced me on this train. Had I not moved when the lights went out, that chandelier would have killed us both. Hercules! What does this all mean? Will I ever finish writing my thesis? Likely not. It seems we've a murderer on the loose destined for the noose. I have a suspicion he's after another target, but wanted to kill me first because, recognizing me and my illustrious fame, he wanted to proceed unimpeded by a singing detective. But who could be responsible? Easy. Safari Sam. But how can you be sure? The lights went out. And he's gone now, so we can't even ask him. No impediment for my divine powers of deduction. You see, Gibbon, when we walked into the car, I immediately noticed a few things. First, there were far fewer people aboard the caboose than I anticipated, which aroused my suspicion, but not me. Second, I noticed a certain scent which often accompanies murder. The smell of crime was wafting through the air. Finally, the water cooler. Trains don't have water coolers. They aren't offices. Safari Sam must have brought it aboard so that he could lean against it and seem generally inconspicuous. By heaven, it almost worked. My, my, Hercules. You truly are as good a detective as you are a singer. And also, he was the only person aboard with a gun, so that helped. Well, what do we do now? First, I'll need to ask you one thing. Of course. Is it kosher if I make you my monkey professor sleuthing sidekick? Oh... Well, is the insurance any good? A reasonable deductible and you get dental. Count me in, then, chap. Then let's do what any good cops would, Gibbon. Let's plug ourselves a perp. Toot, toot. Chugga, 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 chugga. Next stop, River City. River City, Iowa. All right, Gibbon, we're going to have to move through these cars and fast. Safari Sam got a solid lead on us. How far do we have to go? If my calculations are correct, there's at least 48 cars left. That translates to? 48 vagones. And in miles? Roughly five. Damn. Long train. And precarious. So, Hercules, watch yourself. Already have. I'm covered head to toe in wrist-attached clocks. And be careful, too. We're about to pass through a series of themed cars that could very well throw us off. Sweet heavens. Brace yourself. The Italian Ristorante car. The indoor pool car. Back. I have no towel. The opium den car. Oh, how obviously problematic. Gibbon. Oh, sweet Gibbon, sweet gentle Gibbon, forgive me. For, for a learned man, you are far more athletic than I. We've reached the dining car. Give me but a second to catch my breath. Well, you better find where it went then, quickly. We don't have much time, Hercules. Perhaps it has vanished into a refreshing cup of ice water. Waiter!
Hello, hello, what do we have here? But nothing yet, and you're not a waiter. The name's Yvette Bovary, you must be? Horribly parched, and Hercules Montague. Oh, I know exactly who you are. I sing opera myself. You've been a real inspiration to my career. Though, I'll admit you look far shorter in photographs. I didn't think you'd be a six foot eight. I didn't either. Say, Montague, mind if I crinkle your tie a bit? Flatter my eyelashes at you? Perhaps I'll just cut to the chase and ask you to share with me a date? It pains me to admit I'm allergic to almost all fruit. No matter, perhaps I'll give you a little bisou instead. Owning a regular zoo is risky enough, never mind one that stings. Oh, alack, Madame Bovary, regarding the fluttering and fondling in such your textbook efforts at romancing will be in vain. My famous condition unfortunately means that the only thing I have any affection for is the pursuit of justice. Ah, uh, part of me hoped it was all just an axe for the stage. Your voice really isn't all that high in real life. Oh, common misconception. It can get high, but it doesn't have to be. Enough banter, Hercules. We need to go! And you, darling little thing, you're with the detective? Oh, only professionally. Well, may I ask what you are both so sweaty for if it isn't for the fact that you find me attractive? I'm starting to regret going into career femme fataling. Well, I know you'd think it impossible to believe, but there's a murderer aboard, madam. We think he's targeting a passenger on this very train. But who in the world does this mystical murderer intend on murdering? We don't have a clue. Besides, of course, these hair clippings and this bullet which I've kept in a little baggie to send to forensics later. Mon dieu! Bless you. Say, madam, the fella attempted to take the life of our dear Hercules because of his fame. Is there anyone else of renown aboard this train? I don't believe so. Just a bunch of no-names like Tinkering Tom, the repairman, and Cobbling Kyle, the repairman. So no one famous worth a bullet? Well, not as a passenger, at least. But, hold your horses, the conductor! Who's the conductor? A famous fellow. The Austrian Archduke Franz Ferdinand. This is his part-time gig. Besides Hercules here, he's the only other household name. My God. At this way. I didn't realize this would be such a violent mystery. Who knows what could possibly happen if that man is shot? Likely nothing, as an Archduke isn't a very high position of power or anything, but still, actions have consequences. If he's the conductor, he'll be at the very front of the train. After taking this intermission, we'll never make it in time. The front of the train, you say? I believe so, madam. If you were to continue on the path you're taking, you'd be in, oh, you say, quite the pickle. Quite the pickle. You would still have all the nine cars of hell to trudge through. Lucky for you, I think I can help. I know a shortcut. A shortcut? Oh, yes. If we go through the ventilator ducts, we can get to the front of the train in no time at all. Allons-y, through the airways. But how do you know this? Much like the Archduke, I also have a part-time job. I work in HVAC. The duct entrance is right under this table. If we crawl through, we'll stand a chance. Let's go, boys! I think we're getting close. How can you tell? Listen. Well, it's no wonder we can hear him. Not a scrap of insulation in here. Voila! It's the front car! Wow! What a massive steel room! I'm assuming through that door is the Archduke and Orchestra. The final barrier. Gibbon, to the conductor's quarters. Exactement. Now, all we need to do is lay a trap for... Safari Sam? 
Not so fast, you three. Sorry, Sam. Oh, I've got you now. Oh, I can't believe my eyes. To think you managed to get here before me. I suppose if you've made it this far, I should at least do you the courtesy of deboning myself of this disguise. But if you're not Safari Sam, then who? Egads! A Safari Sam! Precisely. My real name is Gavrilo Princip, and the professor is right about my being a Serbian. The furthest thing from a Safari Sam. See, I have a personal score to settle with all friends in there, so I snuck on this train to do it. Fellow owes me a couple of bucks for coffee, and that's a debt I just can't let slide. Now this thing, it's just between me and him and I. Had the three of you stayed caboose, maybe you could have lived to tell my tale. Now, I'm no chef, but I think I'll make quite the meal out of you unlikely batch of friends. First course, bullets. Oh, I've taken a frying pan to the face, and the subsequent pain has caused me to drop me rifle. Babette the blind. That's right, kiddos. Sure, I lost my eyes to the devil, but the trait was that I can't die. Oh, oh, my face. My beautiful, beautiful face. How oh, you smacked off all my makeup. Babette the blind. A nemesis more arch than even the Duke. Shame you couldn't have known that I always carry a secret weapon in my big savannah crossing boot for an occasion such as this where I'm bested in the first round by a person or elephant. Prepare to consume the clandestine wrath of this pistol woman. I'm not hungry. Egads, you've reached the rifle I dropped quicker than I was able to shove my hand in my shoe. Bon appetit and bon voyage, Sam. Well, I suppose that wraps up that series of shenanigans, chaps. Here I thought detective work was all about getting leads, not lead. Given I do say, after seeing your work as sidekick on this case, I'm thinking about establishing a more permanent position for you. I wouldn't be opposed to a joint operation with a fellow such as yourself. Well, why don't you and I find a good surgeon to fix up our wobbly knees, then we can indulge in another one of these adventures. Aye, aye, chimp. Though, I must admit, even being the world's greatest detective, there's still something I don't understand. And what's that? Was this just bloodlust? Was it really a coffee feud? I understand how Safari Sam was going to kill the Archduke, but I just don't understand why. Maybe I can help explain. Archduke and conductor Franz Ferdinand. In the flesh. Right you are. I should thank you all first and foremost. If it hadn't been for the lot of you, Safari Sam would have certainly burst through into the engine car. And after taking out my cello players and besting the hull of the brass section in hand-to-hand combat. He would have taken not only my prized foreign currency collection, but also my life. You are right when you say Sam wasn't merely seeking revenge for a coffee dispute, though I can't deny there was one. We used to eat breakfast at a small town Hungarian cafe. 
and Sam once paid for my coffee when I couldn't. I never paid him back. If such a transgression doesn't deserve his punishment as cold as death, then I don't know what does. However, had I had been killed here on this train, it would not only been an unfortunate day for myself, but my demise would have also catalyzed a series of events that would eventually start World War I, the Great War. How well? Were the history books to be written differently, maybe we'd know the specifics. But as long as I am here, and the idea of a united Austria-Hungary survives, and, you know, I don't go on any train car rides of, oh, I don't know, a newly occupied territory that we, you know, sort of annexed without asking anybody if it would be okay. World War I will have to happen another day, and those dastardly historians have to find something else to write about. Dear God, the implications of this matter were truly beyond even my comprehension. The only thing that should be beyond your comprehension, my dear Hercules Montague, is why we're still heading in the way of Istanbul. Let me shift this train into first gear and start us towards Constantinople. We've got a quinceanera to catch. there. Final stop. Conclusion Junction. Join us next week for something completely not related to trains. Whatever that could be. Good night.